3: Hello and welcome to Podcasts Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the TV shows of 1999 from a pineapple under the sea year in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Neibart.
1: And I'm Felisco.
3: And with us today is freelance writer and occasional actor, Zach Hadlin. Zach, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to talk us uh, talk Spongebob with us.
2: Thank you for having me. I love this show.
3: You love, well, you, you love Spongebob.
2: I, I mean, as as much as you can love a show that's obviously aimed for children when you're a 43-year-old man, um, right. I, I think it's neat. I like it a lot. I understand the appeal of it a lot more than I understand the appeal of some kids' shows from that era. And watching the two episodes before to kind of refresh myself for the podcast, I still find it charming, even though it's not something I, like, live in or anything.
1: Unfortunately. You no, know, it's – I – so, Kenny, I th- – Kenny, you definitely know SpongeBob better than I do, I would imagine. Oh, God, right? No. Oh no! Well, I you just, no, I don't know it at all. So no, you know it more than me. No, Zach. No? This I hope this is your.
3: Uh, no, I mean that, <laughs> I hope you're willing really to try me. this conversation because SpongeBob. Look, I mean SpongeBob came out in 1999. He did. Uh, that's why we're talking about it on this podcast. Indeed. And in 1999, I was 17. You were 19. We were grown people, and it kind of passed us by a little bit. And for whatever reason, SpongeBob. Uh-huh. Well, I could tell you the reason, SpongeBob. To me, it seemed like the more of the heir to the Red and Simpy school of Nicktoons. Well, this was with, and, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and Red and Simpy always grossed me out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. particularly yeah. when they would go in on those still paintings, where you'd see the warts and the boogers, and mm-hmm. i those were things that I couldn't stomach as a child, and I, I'm a little better as an adult. But I always found we well, even get those gross. in this
1: though. There's like the, the episode where he runs out of water. I know and, you do. I yeah, know you do. they're terrified. That's terrifying. what I'm saying. They're yeah. always
3: it's, they they they. <laughs> that's it was always that stuff and not only that like the the captain in the beginning with the voice thing it was just it was never something that like i was i was into so when my kids started watching cartoons uh i skipped spongebob like very (laughs) very deliberately i skipped spongebob kind like you know what like it's it it's gross and i don't want you guys to be like gross kids i don't want you to be like booger kids I want, you, I, I want you to be like i want you to be like you know the 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 show that i really loved for them and for me was phineas and fur which i think is just a masterpiece sure. um a, a, just a just a, a tight four seasons it's crazy it doesn't still go on but it is so fucking good it's hard to believe and I had never really sat down and watched an episode of SpongeBob before. I watched uh, watched four episodes with my with my four and three with my five and three year old uh-huh. uh, at five a.m. this morning, who both you know <laughs> were were completely charmed with by it and uh, and loved it's, it. So I mean,
1: so okay. I, first of all, to piggyback on what you're saying, yes, I was 19 in '99, so SpongeBob was not on my radar. That being said big big footprint from mr. Squarepants in terms of the fact that it's still yes. felt today I feel as though I mean the movies aside um, it is it's it's a it's quite the legacy that this show has has had I had never seen an episode either until I watched it yesterday uh, and was really blown away by it um, Very much felt the Ren and Stimpy vibe of it, and I feel like every time we say SpongeBob SquarePants, a bunch of kids should scream SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) (laughs) But but I feel as though it's—I mean—it's a show that I could absolutely see myself watching, like three seasons of. Like it's—it's so irreverent in such a smart and heartfelt way, not in a way that feels. I mean, as you said, Ren and Stimpy was like a fever dream of a show. Like that was a very different animal, but this still has that vibe to it and I think a lot of it stems from when I was doing research I I read something which I thought was quite interesting about the sort of the development of it and how they made it and apparently it was he it was written in a certain way and forgive me as I find this this quote um where he talked about the the writer sort of wanted it to be a a show that was built from drawings rather than Mm -hmm. from from narrative if that makes sense am i right in Mm -hmm. that assessment zach
2: yeah it is i i reread the article i wrote for the av club about uh that they everything is done from storyboards so they started with like the they Mm -hmm. like like wrote the narrative through the storyboards which you can definitely tell when you watch the episodes because i mean one of the the first ones in, like, the first episode is completely silent. It's all, like, just visual yes. gags.
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah, it was, I, yeah, he said that prior to, sorry, prior to sort of production, Hillenberg decided early on that he wanted SpongeBob to be a storyboard-driven show rather than script-driven. Storyboard-driven is where the approach where it's requires the artists who could take a skeletal story outline and flesh it out with sight gags, dialogue, and structure, and with balance between narrative and whimsy. I mean, obviously, you know, Kenny and I both write television. I can't imagine doing that can you kenny like imagine writing from vi- from a visual perspective almost like from no. still images it, no. it's not how my no. brain works obviously but i'm sure no, it's how I animated I, people
3: yeah do no, i always i always find the uh animation writers and animators be pretty um fascinating in that respect because they always usually not always yeah. they often seem to come from a visuals first standpoint they often are the people who yeah. are also drawing the stuff So I like uh, I I, that's something I could never consider, and then all to also be have such a keen story sense, Mm -hmm. it does feel almost unfair, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know SpongeBob is not the same as Pixar, but I always felt like Pixar was a little unfair that these are also the best screenplays ever written. I I think you know uh, some some of like the great post Spongebob animations like the Steven Universes of the World and Phineas like I said, like it's you know adventure time. It's it's really weird how good they are at doing the uh the TV stuff when these are a bunch of you know Caltech uh you know they're totally they're, yeah. not caltech they're a bunch of yeah. Cal arts like um like like notebook doodlers mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> it's true. I say that, I say that derisively so um it's <laughs> It's really, no, no, I think it's it's really kind of uh, amazing, the, the level of, you know, talent and skill that goes into this craft that is just so completely different than what we do. It,
1: it really is, and it's why, you know, I, I, as I'm sure you do too, Kenny, lots of friends who write in animation, and it, it the fact that they're not part of our guild, for instance, is one of those things that you're just sort of like what like it's they're 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 using muscles that we don't necessarily use but it's it's i mean i would argue much more difficult what they do a different a different muscle let's just say that i don't know that's more difficult or less difficult but it's just very interesting every
3: every single job is more difficult than what we do
1: but um and by that you mean (laughs) sitting at home
3: writing podcasting uh but But uh, no, I think I, I, of course, I I did have one animation project uh, about six or seven years ago and it was with FX and uh, it didn't get made and it probably didn't get made because I'm not an animation writer and I don't know what I'm doing. And it was like this (laughs) weird, it was this weird period of time where they would give like dummies like me, like animated shows but um yeah i remember you know you don't get you don't get your money through the guild you, it's it's a, very strange it's a it's an iazi thing which of course yeah. is like also you know their fucking thing yeah. a whole other thing but um, zach so zach
1: i
2: want
3: to jump ask in
1: yeah i was gonna yeah. say zach what so how did spongebob come into your life
2: i oh boy i because i think i'm roughly the same age as you are i actually don't know yeah. i definitely didn't like sit down and watch it while i was in college
0: sure. but
2: it was definitely a thing i became well aware of um I also had kind of a negative reaction to Ren and Stimpy when I was a kid. It was one of those things where I felt like I wasn't cool enough to enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I should be liking it more. Um, and watching it now as an adult, I can still, I can kind of appreciate, like, the the animation and some of the jokes, but the aggressive, sort of the aggressive hostility of the show, the sort of, like, way it really wants to alienate the audience as much as it wants to make you laugh is not something I'm ever going to really enjoy. So I kind of had that same vibe. Also, it was a kid show, um, but... At some point, and I honestly don't know when I started watching it. And I have not like sat down and watched a bunch of episodes of SpongeBob. Like I'm not I say that yeah, I'm a fan. Sorry, I just yeah. I like I like the show. I remember sitting down and watching like the whole first season, I think, when I wrote about it for the A V Club a while back, um, mm-hmm. which I'd never done before. But I remember like the movie's really fun. And I would just catch it when I was on TV, just surfing through channels, and I would see because the, the the stories are always really short. They're like eight minutes long. Um and you know, I like Looney Tunes and stuff. And what what really struck me watching it and like revisiting it now is that it it takes it feels like a synthesis of um of a lot of what was going on at Nicktoons at the time because you had Ren and Stimpy and a lot of the writers and artists from Rocco's Modern Life which I don't know if you guys are familiar with um Mm -hmm. they came on board to this show and Rocco's modern life was kind of a more of adult kind of more of a sitcom-y thing with like it was very surreal um and but it was about adult characters but it had that sort of it had more heart to it um while still having that sort of like weird kind of absurdist animation Mm -hmm. and with SpongeBob they kind of make take it's it's definitely aimed at kids but it takes all that the grotesqueness of Ren and Stimpy and it it like puts this heart behind it Mm -hmm. so um like the very, like one of the things I, I was rewatching it. One of the things I love about that very first episode is that SpongeBob, on like a show like Ren and Stimpy, Sp- SpongeBob would be the buffoon. He would be a character that you were supposed to hate. Like he would be basically Stimpy. Like he would be like just the moron sure. who is always or cheerful Patrick. and just, yeah, yeah or just make, like it makes everybody's life miserable. And that very first episode, you see him like being this goofball and being neurotic. And then he gets to like shoo- show he's also competent. And the way the show is basically able to both mock its characters while never like also very much wanting you to like them. You you're supposed to like everybody on the show. Like you're supposed to like Squidward because everybody's kind of a Squidward. You're supposed to like uh <laughs> like Mr. Krabs because it's like it's like Clancy Brown. How do you not like a guy a crab that's voiced by Clancy Brown?
3: Um and
2: like it, it's just it, that that sweetness of it plus like the like you said like the the narrative the way the stories work um they're very well constructed they have they usually do have kind of like that little kid show oh there's a moral at the end of this one but it's also usually not done overly ham-handedly and it's there's just like um i don't know it's just it's just such such like it's just a pleasure to sort of turn off your brain and like live in that space for a while there's nothing every time there's like one of those really grotesque images like the close-up on him when he's drying up like that whole sequence is very unsettling because like that's that's something that's horrifying but it also has this really sweet ending and you're like it, it yeah. I just like that that balance of it. It's um is one of the things I think makes it work and kind of it it just never go, tops over into the ultra shrill of like some kids shows from that era or
1: the um no like, yeah I, I think it also I mean there's a couple of things that came to mind as you were talking. The first was like I couldn't help but think of Finding Nemo on a certain level, right? Which is you know yeah. obviously another underwater movie or underwater premise. Um, there's something very sort of magical about underwater stuff it feels like another world that has sort of this whimsy kind of component to it but but then I also feel as though it's it's made by an educator um or or by a by a marine biologist who was trying to sort of the shows ultimately came from his desire to want to teach kids or students about undersea life so you kind of sense that goodwill and that good nature and that desire to want to sort of open up your eyes to something which Mm -hmm. i think is uh part of it i think it feels very big-hearted in that way i mean spongebob's character is he's a sweetheart i mean sometimes he does he does stupid things um you know the ripped pants episode is maybe the most (laughs) malicious he seemed uh, at least in the episodes that i saw where Mm. he was just milking a joke for too
3: much poor poor bastard (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah but it's also something that you could like you could totally sympathize with too yes, because every yes. everybody's felt that like uh like the, the big cool guy yeah and like it's like the relationship between him and Squidward is basically Dennis the Menace and Mr. Wilson but Dennis <laughs> the Menace isn't a menace like it's just it's neat sure <laughs>
1: No, for sure. I want to give just a touch of context for people that maybe have not watched Spongebob Squarepants. It's an animated television show created by a marine science educator and animator, Steven Hillenburg, for Nickelodeon. Uh, It chronicles the adventures of the title character and his aquatic friends in the fictional underwater city of Bikini Bottom. Um, It's the fifth longest-running American animated series. At the height of its popularity, it was a media franchise. It generated over $13 billion in merchandising revenue as of 2019. I mean, they're they're getting very rich off off of uh Mr. SquarePants. <laughs> but um <laughs> mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh so the ideas I mentioned came from an unpublished educational comic book that Hillenberg created in 1989 to teach his students about undersea life. Um and he essentially just, you know, created it as an opportunity to be able to teach people about uh marine biology. Um during this period, Hillenberg became fascinated with animation. He wrote a comic book, as I mentioned. Um and one of the main characters was Bob the Sponge, who was the co-host of this comic and resembled an actual sea sponge as opposed to SpongeBob who resembled a kitchen sponge. <laughs> um and, and yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those like when you read about what he went through to make this, he really stuck to his guns. He was very specific about what he wanted to do. He essentially went into Nickelodeon, I guess it was in 96 or 97, and said, I'll walk away. I don't want this to be a school-driven thing. They wanted essentially kids and students and a kind of school-oriented thing. Uh, he pushed back on that, but they created this Mrs. Puff character and the boating school to sort of give some sense of, of, of education within it. But, uh, you know, it's it's fascinating... It airs as a preview uh, in the United States on May 1st, 1999, following the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards. And the series then later premiered on July 17th. Uh, Its 13th season began airing in uh, October of 2020, and the series was renewed for a 14th season on March 24th, 2022. Uh, It's got a a couple three feature films, uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Sponge Out of Water, and Sponge on the Run uh, have not seen any of these. Two spin off shows, Buzz, SpongeBob's Under Years and The Patrick Starr Show, which both premiered in 2021. Uh, and as of February of this year, four additional films were in the works, consisting of three character spin offs from Paramount Plus and a new theatrical film as well. So, I mean, like, there's no wow. shortage of SpongeBob <laughs> in our future. Um, I mean, do you so? I mean, we as none of us watched this when it was on, but I do feel like. It wasn't just for kids, is the thing. I mean, you look at its demos, which I think are really interesting. Basically, 40% of its 2.2 2 million viewers were between 18 and 34. Now, those could be just people getting really high at 3 a.m. and wanting I was to just watch, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch. It was sort of pre adult swim. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I mean, there's something.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't think. Oops, sorry I, I don't think it was i mean like i you know i don't i, I don't think there's a, as many of those people as people think there are
1: it's i agree with
3: that you too. know I, yeah, yeah. I i think otherwise adult also would be much bigger than it is um <laughs> it's but, a
1: fraction of an audience
3: and, which true. i love but uh but you know I, I i you know it's there there's so have you guys read the leftovers yes the book
2: yeah yeah i know of it i've not read it so you, Have you seen the show, Zach? You know I've the seen show the first Zach. couple episodes. I know it's great. I need It's one of those ones on no, 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 I mean, I've seen the list. I've seen the first couple episodes, though, and they were good.
3: So for whatever reason, mm-hmm. in the Leftovers book, and it didn't make it go sort to of the TV show, the character who would eventually be played by Carrie Coon, who <laughs> lost three members of her family, her whole yeah. family, uh, one of her big character things was that she was obsessed with Spongebob Squarepants. <laughs> I remember this. And she would watch it all the time. And It was because yeah. that's what she watched with her family, but, like, she found herself really loving it as an adult and the jokes work on so many levels. It made me think Tom Parada was a pretty big Spongebob Squarepants <laughs> too. Uh, I couldn't imagine how he wouldn't be. But I, there was something about that that was like, wait a second, is there more to this SpongeBob thing than I realize? Yeah, and I guess there is. I mean, like yeah. you know, we we've, we've done we've done a bunch of shows now uh, that we didn't watch. You know, shows that a guest came on and you know wanted to do with us. We've done you know um, we did Strangers Hey Arnold's, yeah. Stranger Candy, these things that we never really touched on before. And and I think what we're kind of finding is uh, they're all really good. Yeah, um, and, you know. <laughs> And there's there's a reason that there are these you know kind of uh, devoted fan bases to these long tail shows. Um, Except for Doug. Doug's boring. Doug is bad. <laughs> Doug's a bad boy, and I don't like him. Uh, Doug is Doug is not so much a bad boy as he is bad at being a boy. Yeah, he's bad at <laughs> and, he's bad at being I, entertaining. I, I genuinely despise I genuinely despise Doug in my old age.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. our doug episode was surprisingly angry considering
3: that show is like more people have come after come to (laughs) talk to me or or came after me after it's like what's your beef with doug i'm like well like my beef is like my beef with doug if your guys are interested and my beef with doug is like there's only there's there's only there are only so many television shows there are only oh, so many protagonists for television shows, and this motherfucker, this boring ass <laughs> loser, <laughs> bald ass child. well he's not bald? He's got he got some squiggles up there. Because squiggles, boring ass dork, doesn't deserve his own TV show. That's my beef. <laughs> if you're interested, SpongeBob. Just, on the other hand,
2: were
1: you? Did you have you seen Doug? Zach? Do you know of Doug? I,
2: it was one of the, It was another. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes, but I don't have i it's not something i ever wanted to go back to (laughs) yeah
1: it's well i'm shocked
2: at it because there's no they're there yeah anytime you have a cartoon that's just basically just a bunch of kids just hanging out i just was like "Eh." i mean i love bob's burgers and stuff but like but doug just never really appealed to me because there was nothing i didn't see the point of it and apparently i was right
1: but also like if you compare it to like hey arnold which you brought up um, Kenny. Hey Arnold is also a hangout show with a bunch of kids, but like it's got some it's got some spunk there, right? Like it's yes. got some, it's doing something. Definitely. And it and and the kids all feel real and mischievous. Whereas like Doug is just like he's in this boring fucking town. It's uh, anyway. But all that's
3: it's a <laughs> it's a plain old slice of white bread of a town. It's gross. Uh, it's it's, 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 it's grate. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> fuck fuck doug but yeah i mean, i, I, I it's, it's 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 a lynchian town without lynchian qualities yeah, it's, it's like
1: what if it's, what if it was just a boring town what if nothing yeah, really interesting yeah happened? like cool uh I, I wanna just talk about the reception to the show very quickly. Um, Time magazine described the title character as the anti-Bart Simpson, temperamentally and physically, his head is as squared off and neat as Bart's is unruly, neat? and he has a personality to match, conscientious, optimistic, and blind to the faults in the world of those around him. Variety said the series is a thoughtful and inventive cartoon about a hopelessly optimistic and resilient sea sponge, devoid of the double entendres, rife in today's animated TV show. This is purely kid stuff, however, that's not to say the Spongebob is simplistic or even juvenile. It's charming and whimsical, but clever enough to appeal to teens and college-age kids as well. And the New York Times said, uh, it's clever without being impenetrable to younger viewers and goofy without boring grown-ups to tears. It's the most charming tune on television and one of the weirdest. It's also good, clean fun, which makes sense because it is, after all, about a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that the sweetness of it and the sweetness of it and the
2: surreal of it. I don't think there was a lot of stuff on TV that yeah. managed to blend that, like kids' cartoons. Because you could have really, really weird cartoons or you could have really, really sweet cartoons. But this one actually, like, like the thing about like the optimism, the thing that I it makes sense to me that a character was like from the leftovers who was going through this trauma would just yes. rewatch SpongeBob because it's this nice, safe place, but it never feels like it's pandering to you. Like it just it feels like the it, it has, it does, it pulls off the trick. I mean, it, yeah, it's still a kids show. It's not like, they're like inc- dealing with incredibly complex adult themes, but it's yeah. a show where it feels like SpongeBob's optimism generally wins out in the end. And you don't feel cheated by that. You feel like, Oh, okay. That's cool. Or like, it has totally. these characters that are, that are archetypes, like, but they're never, they never feel like trapped by those archetypes. Like, um, like again, Squidward, who's this grump and sourpuss and stuff, but even he gets to have moments where he wins. And even he had like the people still generally like him. Like, it's like this, it's just yep. a nice space to, and it's so clever. It's a nice space without ever being boring. It finds like, be, it finds a way to be nice and also consistently inventive, which I just, I, I And like. also
1: like, conflict is hard to do under those circumstances and they still find it, right? Like they're still finding ways to create obstacles for these characters and yet not, fi- not find them. And I hate the term unlikable, but you know what I mean in terms yeah. of, <clears throat> you know, there's no villains on this show necessarily and the conflicts are organic and- that's really interesting. There, mean, there, is, also... there is
2: one villain. There is one villain. It's called he's called Plant Plankton and he's trying to <laughs> oh, steal. I, I saw him. Yeah. yeah. That's just I'm sorry. I I just I don't right. know. That's a My yeah. There's just My one kid villain. And even he's hated
3: kind of that bastard. <laughs> he, he, he tries to steal he tries to steal SpongeBob's brain. I mean, yeah. he's like yeah, yeah Mike, crazy he's, he's yeah. A, you know you don't know, make so and as listeners know i have two ten 10 year olds and a five and a three year old now the five and three year old are making some some you know appearances on the podcast so they can watch some stuff and the three-year-old goes why does he have one eye and the five-year-old goes because he's a bad guy <laughs> <How is it? laughs> good answer he's not wrong
1: I, I also wanted to 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 pick on what you were saying for a second there, Zach, about sort of the the optimism of it, but it also feels and the surrealism. I, you know, Kenny, you brought up the the mouth of the of the um, the fisherman captain at the, the very the beginning, pirate, yeah. the pirate. I mean, it had a very Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of vibe to me too. Like I, oh, yeah. I thought about that yeah. a little bit, you know, of just that sort of because this is the thing that I find fascinating about like children's entertainment is how, how much farther you can go with it on a surreal level. You know, we've talked about this a little bit, Kenny on Miyazaki has come up from time to time in terms of that, like dreamlike quality that you can bring to kids stuff because they're just not as shackled to the terrestrial as we are, as you get older. Right. And, and the demands of things to be quote unquote believable. Um, And this is one of those kind of perfect examples of the harmony that you can find in all that.
3: Uh, Yeah, no, it, it, It is. I think it just, you know, the, the, so much of kid stuff and stuff for teenagers and popular culture around this time was mean and nasty and gross and ugly. And yep. so much of what came after it was uh, warm-hearted, big-hearted, uh, you know, for lack of a, a better term, nice. And I, it, my sense is, and, and not cloying in the way that, you know, Doug was, Um, My sense is (laughs) that 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 SpongeBob had the ability to make kindness and big heartedness cool because of the imagery, because of the surreality. Uh, And I think that's, you know, that's that's no small feat. Um, I think so much of the the really high level animation we've seen since and i named a few but it goes beyond that it includes things like bluey right now right uh come Everyone's from talking
1: about bluey on twitter Every who's is. this
3: fucking bluey
1: who's Bluey? uh
3: every uh it comes from this school of um it's okay to be nice to people you know <laughs> oh, it's okay.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah now more than ever jesus now more than but ever. yeah i i think that <laughs> i think that's all really true i also feel like you know, you mentioned this earlier, Zach, and this is one of the great things about animated television, is that you do has, have at your disposal the shorts if you want them, right? The idea of like every episode of SpongeBob, except for the very first one, which sort of has this this uh, silent mini episode, if you will, in between, are two episodes, that right? Stinks. That stinks. It's not great. Um, but <laughs> generally speaking, SpongeBob has two episodes, which range, I'm assuming, between like, 10 and 12 minutes or something along those lines yeah it's and about 12 minutes. yeah and i think that that's i i think that the freedom in that must be just glorious right that you can just tell a clean short thing um do you feel like I, zach i don't know what other animated shows you've watched but do you feel like there's a freedom in that
2: oh yeah no absolutely i mean that was also kind of a i'm pretty like i i I don't know how common that was back then, but it seems to me like it wasn't that uncommon. Like the mm-hmm. the like because thing like like SpongeBob never kind of because um uh, Kenny you talked about um like kind of the more modern stuff like say Steven you your Steven universes or Adventure Time and Adventure Time does actually have like the the short episode length, but SpongeBob never kind of develops into like a long arc thing. So it's right. like you have those twelve minute things, and it, as a kid, it kind of reminded me of. And thinking back as when I was a kid, it was like, it kind of reminds me of like Looney Tune shorts, although those are yep. not that long. Um, yeah, no, there's a, it's like, there's a kind of a, a simplicity to it. Um, a kind of a purity to it, I guess, if you want to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, sure. it, it just feels very like, we don't have to, we don't have to like exhaust this. We don't, the characters can be very clean we can like like every one of the ways i think the telling stories by storyboarding might make makes more sense in a context like this is that the characters are all these archetypes so you like the characters are these forces so you could you can know okay when we put say sandy in this situation or spongebob or patrick in these situations we already know what the dynamics going to be so now we yeah. can just come up with the gags that are going to be generated in that and you don't have to worry about pulling out longer and finding and the characters do develop a bit over time but you don't have to worry about like Oh, okay. Well, how are we going to get the the second act turn or how are we going to make like mm-hmm. this, this last over a full half hour. So yeah, no, I absolutely agree that the, the 12 minutes is one of those things. And it also makes it for just really good, like kind of comfort food. Like I'm just going to put this on. I don't have to pay too much attention, like in the background kind of thing.
3: I, yeah, I love. I mean, I, I love the character Sandy. It's what if Holly Hunter was a squirrel yeah. <laughs> living, living underground? Looks
1: like an astronaut because she's wearing yeah. a spacesuit underwater. Yeah, I want to talk about the characters for a quick. I mean, listen. There's a there's a plethora of characters. Obviously, there's many many characters. But I want to talk about sort of our main, our our sort of our main people, I guess. Which is we've got SpongeBob, we've got Patrick the Star, who's a starfish. Who's sort of his Patrick
3: Star. Patrick, Star,
1: my apologies. <laughs>
3: nice. um,
1: he's he's a starfish sort of a dopey best friend uh starfish um we have sandy who doesn't come in until i mean i guess it's technically she comes in what at the third like the 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 first of the second pilot yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and sandy cheeks um is a squirrel from texas who lives in an airfield glass dome and wears a diving suit to breathe underwater as one does (laughs) um whenever any aquatic characters enter her home they must wear helmets of water uh she works as a scientist explorer inventor she's a rodeo champion with a number of athletic (laughs) interests such as sandboarding and karate she's great i would agree with you kenny she's a standout for me i think squidward and mr krabs are also great but they also just feel a little bit um like they're there as obstacles maybe more so
3: than squid anymore. squidward's amazing that 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 guy i mean it's, it's mr roper he's he, like glorious. yeah what a, totally what a character that squid and and i again i don't know much about the show but the name squidward i mean great, great guys yeah. guys <laughs> inspired chef's yeah. kiss for that one <laughs>
1: uh he's a he's a musician he plays uh well, many instruments <laughs> um he's i think there's like it's kind of true what you're saying about how there's an arrogance to him and an ego and yet at the same time he just kind of feels like just you know a real person he doesn't feel like a person he doesn't he doesn't feel mustache twirly he doesn't feel like he has like ambitions to screw people over
2: yeah they it's there's like a surprising amount of subtlety is an odd word to use in the context but there's a surprising amount of subtlety in his relationship with spongebob in that he's clearly annoyed at spongebob but it's not like this sort of hatred like there's not they're not like enemies it's just sort of you it's like yeah it's it's sort of classic comedy where you want to have the guy who's just kind of (laughs) <laughs> who suffers. Like you have to have like he's right. the straight man on the show. He's like the one who actually like reacts. But it's also it also kind of feels like a little bit of a almost a parental insert because you have like this sure, spo- like sure. SpongeBob like is this kid who's bouncing around and is always super excited and joyful about everything and then you have this character who like just everything is bad. And the the way they handle that is it's cool. And I have no idea how I was going to finish that sentence, so I'm going to pass it on.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something very um He's kind of the perfect antagonist to some degree because he's not a villain per se um but he does feel like he has some level of um i mean leadership's the wrong word, but he puts rules on some of the characters around him, which I think is important
3: i think you i think you you- kn- <clears throat> you nailed it earlier with him now i'm I'm struggling vocally you okay with the i don't know with the Mr <laughs> Wilson comp <clears throat> there you go uh you know, I think Mr. Wilson really seems like the similar yep. character there.
1: No, I agree. Um, I, I this I adult think, who's yeah. kind
3: of pulled into this world. Um but they're, they're it's populated by so few characters that you know and I think the the, the nature of uh the underwater world kind of necessitates that five-year-olds and are, are interacting with 40 year olds and like it's <laughs> nothing. I think it's uh I think it's kind of hilarious. Um yeah, I anyway. also
1: I wanted to kind of just for a quick second unpack the red and stimpy comparison because i think outside of the animation which obviously has some similarities the thing about red and stimpy too was that it was just so manic
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and and so, like ren's character is like it's tough to watch he's a tough character because he's just so dialed up he always seems like he's on the verge of having an aneurysm it's just like and and it's it's much more i'd say ren and Stimpy is a lot more in the mold of, of an adult swim than yeah anything no Kenny what would you I mean I don't know adult Sims good um, <laughs> do
3: you, are you like do you legit not like Ren and Stimpy I think Ren and Stimpy is bad wow uh, oh, okay I think Ren and Stimpy is bad and mean and uh, <laughs> and it's 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 everything the show isn't I think like oh, sure I sure think, sure I'm not I'm not I think saying. the first three the first three Nicktoons uh, Ren and Stimpy Rugrats and Doug are all pretty bad i know people like have i know people have have more memories of them and i know that rugrats kind of outlasted the idea of being an early nicktoon but just in general i think they're all pretty like unwatchable um i do i think they're all i I think ren and Stimpy is the worst of the bunch like i think doug is lame but i think ren and Stimpy is just really really like bad tv I i
1: i mean i don't i don't agree i think that say what you will about Doug. Ren and Stimpy is at least it's a, like Ren and Stimpy is its own thing. Whether you like that thing or not, whether you you want to get on its level is something completely different. I think that Doug's just boring, Ren and Stimpy is far from boring. Ren and Stimpy is fucking nuts.
3: It's yeah, but there's no there's 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 nothing there. It's it's not like you know a show that's nuts but that's brilliant is animaniacs it's just like animaniacs sure, is, sure. is non-stop but there's there's a you know there, there a relationship there there's a dynamic there their goals there pinky and the brain is another example very sure. similar like yeah. set up to Ren and simpy but there are you know there there's there's something that binds these two it, Ren and simpy is just you idiot it's just it's it's awful it's, it's a pretty, pretty good, good it's a pretty good rent
1: zach do you have thoughts on rent and stimping um i god i don't like it's one of those
2: things i like i kind of zach you get a
1: ride about. for Ren and Stimps? i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm <laughs> trying to walk it's, the line here i'm trying okay to walk the line no, it's i fun. don't want well, I, like I, well, I, you're I, also like we were in college when that's out right or so like it's a little more in no
3: no no it was like 93 was it i think so you, you, uh, well, I definitely
1: remember getting
2: a Ren and Stimpy shirt on my way to college. 91. Oh, damn. Wow. I, I, my I did ex- not go to college exposure in 91.
1: To, I found out about Ren and Stimpy because the animator did a Bjork video for I Miss You, which is an amazing video if anyone hasn't seen it which is entirely animated he did all the animation for it and and i was like what is this this looks so cool and then then i kind of backfilled with a little bit of renin's you, you, know Ren like? no, ah, you know what renin's feels like no it's okay. guy
2: you know what renin's feels like to me mm. um more than even more than adult swim it feels like um what was the animated sh- stuff on mtv the liquid, yeah, television? Like liquid
3: television.
2: Yeah, it feels yeah, like that same yes, like Game Flux where where like she dies at yeah, the end yeah. of every episode mm-hmm. or something. Like I as a I just remember as a kid, it's very hard for me to shake that feeling of like this is transgressive. This is something I'm not right. I, I shouldn't be watching. This is like yeah, I, and like that kind of both appealed to me and made me very nervous. Watching it now as an adult, like I totally get what you're saying, Kenny, about it being like there's just it's just kind of mean, and there is something about the almost intensity of it that i find kind of interesting it's just i don't know it just feels like something that they hadn't quite they they did some stuff that created some new that like made more spaces in certain ways in childhood kid animation but it also feels like it wasn't something that was like ever going to last for very long or like there was no probably
3: true and then like i think it's probably true that did kick down stores and definitely has its fans but the i mean my other issue with it is it's not funny and you know beavers and butthead is, you know, not particularly nice, not particularly well drawn, and not uh and 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 isn't, you know, particularly gold driven, but Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead's hilarious. Like these characters are so fucking funny that you know sure. that's a show that I watched by choice. Yeah. Uh, which I can't say for a lot of you know these shows. So I think, yeah, Ren and simply not for me, Beavis and Butthead very much for me. The liquid television stuff totally uh turned me off. Um, so what, you know, like I- uh yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kenny. No, like the head, for instance, was a liquid television. Yeah, show. The, the mask and was I, cool. That was pretty neat, yeah. but
1: yeah. I so all of this has made me think about because you know, uh Zach, we did an episode, Kenny and I did an episode on um uh, perfect blue. Um oh, we've yeah we've talked a lot about <clears throat> sort of anime, we've talked a lot about sort of adult animation. Um, I can't, you know, the, the Ralph Bashkies, the the stuff like that, where it's just and 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 I'm fascinated by that world. I think about like Fritz the Cat. I think about all that stuff that's sort of really pushing the boundaries of preconceived notion of animation, and that's why I think that something like this, which obviously Fritz the Cat and SpongeBob, very different, <laughs> but I do think that they're that they're both kind of pushing the 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 boundaries of what we expect from the box that that the preconceived notion of the box that they're in. You know what I mean? Like I think that, and that's why yeah. like a Ren and Stimpy, despite the fact that like it's a lot it's it admittedly might be too much um i still respect the the swing more so than a doug where it's just like you are so milk toast. you're so middle of the road you're you're not trying to really do anything particularly interesting whereas like a spongebob from the from the jump from the credit sequence which as i mentioned earlier is a bunch of kids screaming at a at a, at a pirate with a with a projected human face or human mouth um it's just the, the show is immediately just kind of saying like we're gonna do something audacious even but it's it's go, yeah. sorry i'm sorry i cut you off um no, no, but
2: it's no. it's like it's audacious but it's also audacious in a way that's not it's not hostile like ren and Steppy it's audacious right. in a way that say we want you to come in we want you to hang out with us welcoming. we yeah. want you to enjoy that and like that's yeah. i'm not saying there isn't a place for hostility and stuff but like that's one of the things that I like about Spongebob that I, that makes it easy to come back to and like for sure yeah and the, the way that it can use that to sort of sneak stuff in like there's all kinds of like amazing like really bizarre ideas and like like um there's a live action bit in the movie which I'm sure you've heard reference before but has David Hasselhoff in it uh, yes. which is yes. like freaking bizarre that movie is it's the first movie i haven't seen any other ones the first movie is quite fun um and the the, the 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 end sequence just always it's one of those ones i pull up every once in a while just to to cheer myself up um <laughs> but yeah it just it feels like it feels more inclusive whereas ren and stimpy felt like we w- we're just trying to almost punish you or ping this at your head for a while we're just gonna just push oh, you sure. and so and there are people that find that funny and, or it's like actually like kind of Tim and Eric-y, which um uh-huh. again I I wouldn't make that direct I, association. I, but... yeah. I, yeah, I love like,
3: Tim and Eric. Yeah, it's... see
2: that's a thing that, that I've tried to get into, and it's just stuff about that that I find kind of alienating. But I I, <laughs> I respect that more. It's it's just one of those things where there's it's like a different comedic aesthetic. Whereas SpongeBob it's, is very yeah. much. it's I don't know it's...
3: what it is about Red and Stimpy. Not to talk more <laughs> about Red and or Stimpy, but because I, I the Tim and Eric thing's interesting too. Because I love alienating humor. I. I yeah. I do. I love, I, I love that uncomfortable thing. I love the I can't believe you're doing it. I was just pulling up as you were talking. I was pulling up some stills from Simply trying to really understand why I hate it. And I think what what I hate about it is it it, it, it feels I trans... I feels that the pictures were triggering. <laughs> the, it feels... Because I do think that it, it feels transgressive and it feels uh, like they're like exclusive, but... The stills were reminding me just how obvious I think they all the the, the whole thing was. Like, I everything once you kind of got what it was doing, yeah. Um, everything felt all the punchlines felt very obvious to me, and all the visuals felt very obvious to me. Uh, I don't think it was anything like SpongeBob, where I there are things that happen in these episodes where I, 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 you know, kind of had no idea where they were gonna go, yeah. Um, I did, I I do want to talk specifically about the one episode which I think is like spectacular, which is the one with Sandy and her. The first and one when SpongeBob is the one, is one a, it's the, it's it's the second tea at the tree dome. Yes, where SpongeBob is drying out. Yep. What a brilliant, brilliant premise for this brilliant. show! What a, that is that is taking a really weird idea, which is yep. let's include a squirrel who lives in a you know a polyurethane, which is another word for plastic mm-hmm. uh, dome. Mm-hmm. and uh and 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 play out what it would actually be like if she was down there and spongebob had this attraction to her you know the show i was thinking of phil and this mm-hmm. is better than that it's like fucking pushing daisies
1: well i, I the pushing daisies thing did come to mind for sure oh,
3: it's, the, it's like that, two, yeah, yeah
1: they're separated can, they can't they, touch they, each other they could yeah.
3: never they can never yeah. touch it's yeah. so sweet yeah it's like you know well, I, you know,
1: first of all, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I love the line "Water would be nice" when she offers him a drink, <laughs> which is great. Um, the pushing daisies thing is is a really interesting. I I don't disagree with you. I think that and this predated it has, pushing daisies. It, it did predate significantly. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, you bring up something that I think is worth unpacking for a quick second here, and I don't know if you read about this controversy, Kenny. The 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 uh, LGBTQ uh, plus spongebob issues and i that saw transpired. A bit of it yeah so i mean i bring it up just because you brought up the relationship between um uh spongebob and and sandy and how there's like a queer theorist who authored this journal entry called queer tunes that argued that spongebob and sandy are not romantically in love but added he believed spongebob and patrick are paired with arguable erotic intensity <laughs> I'm not sure that I agree with or at least I didn't pick up on I don't know yeah I can go with
2: the I can go with the first part about that because it was actually surprising to go back and see oh they are trying to set up this sort of like little kid has a crush thing but no I I don't think he and Patrick have
1: no arguably erotic intensity you didn't feel that no Uh, I do no weirdly i want to i want to just uh unpack this just for a quick second because i guess in 2005 there was an online video that showed clips from spongebob and other children's shows set at uh, set to sister sledges we are family to promote to promote diversity and tolerance and then there was it was attacked by basically an evangelical group that said that spongebob was being used to advocate homosexuality it turned to this whole thing um the creator, Steven Hillenburg, uh, denied that Spongebob was gay three years earlier, clarifying at the time that he did consider the character to be somewhat asexual, um, but then reasserted his position stating that the sexual preference was just not part of what they were trying to do with the series. It, it's I do think it's interesting because outside of this Sandy thing, and you just mentioned it, Zach, which is it feels a little bit like they're teeing up a little bit of a boy who has a crush on the new girl thing they are
3: i'm sorry yeah. steve they are you are but All i right. don't know
1: how do, does that i mean i, I think you to watch the show and i don't know if it's something they drop or not but i do I think th- this- i don't think it's like a regular thing yeah i don't think it i don't think it comes up again like i don't
2: again i haven't watched like i'm not like an expert on it but it's just not i i, I think what it eventually transi- transi- transitions transitions mm-hmm. words into is that he just wants to impress her because she th- he thinks she's cool and they're friends i like like the i i want to live in the world where spongebob is asexual i think i i i don't have any objection to taking it as an icon at all and i think that's really cool but to yeah. me it's like when i watch it, it, it i don't i don't want to think about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't i mean first first and foremost it should be said that he's a you know anthropomorphized sponge and we're, we're talking I about mean, all, all of this is outside the realm of of quote-unquote reality here so to, to project any sort of sexual connotation onto it i think is a little bit silly to some degree but there is something about spongebob's character and part of it is because i don't know how old do you think he is like how what what is the age of that we think he's supposed to be like 11 well he's he's 12? able to work
2: like the first episode starts with him <laughs> finally able to work well no like the first episode he's really excited because he he's finally and i i kind of assumed it meant he was old enough to apply for a job so, so 16
3: 15 he, he's he he it can't be no a, 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 ascribing an age to spongebob is sillier than ascribing a sexual preference. yeah yeah it's like it truly it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just spongebob like i
0: <laughs> That's fair. So,
3: and in and, and terms of like the sexual preference i just you know look there's no way he's into patrick star patrick is a big goof but
2: so, so so we think he could do better is what, is what the, yeah. yeah that's a very i, I think agree. he
3: could do better i know he could do better <laughs> so i you know he's like i mean you know he, he would he would be settling is what i'm getting at and i think any spongebob fan would feel that way
0: yeah that's
3: spongebob I, I could see it happening i guess but like i i know the spongebob okay. There, okay. there are many other fish and starfish <laughs> squids. And squirrels in the sea. Oh I did
2: God, a, I did a crazy. Google search for, like, because I was trying to pull up, I was thinking, like, I thought of, an in, of a Twitter joke, and I was going to pull up an image of SpongeBob and Square, uh, Squidward in the same scene. Um, if you do that, if there is some imagery that you will find in the Google image oh, search. It wasn't, like, explicit, explicit, the first page, thank God, but it was definitely like, oh, there, there are people who've considered this angle that I hadn't thought of before. That's interesting. I'm going to close the tab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: going to open it.
2: <laughs> See,
1: okay. So I, I think it's worth I think it's worth noting that in Ju- on June 14th, 2020, a bunch of people thought that when. Um, <laughs> so questions of spongebob sexuality resurfaced in 2020 after nickelodeon's official twitter account posted an image of the character in rainbow colors with text celebrating the lgbtq community but the post doesn't mean that that's you know asserting any sort of sexual orientation to him no, and, I, and I, they made it very clear yeah. yeah so like what I, are we doing here
2: the, the character i think the point is that spongebob is just a character who welcomes everyone like He's that's just like, a good that guy. yeah and that's 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 fine like it doesn't yeah. have to be i don't know i i think that yeah yeah it just, it's very weird I, I, that people I'll,
1: are invested in that <laughs> i'll say one other thing very quickly on this um sandy cheeks was originally going to be spongebob squarepants girlfriend we all know that sandy cheeks the genius texan squirrel who lives in the treatum under under sea town basically i guess the original plan was for her to be his quote-unquote girlfriend but that throughout the series they decided to kind of drop it so like i think that i guess all of this is to say that first of all i agree with everything you're saying kenny which is that to ascribe any of this to spongebob
3: is what are we doing yeah i, but, I yeah. and i want i want to reiterate um, that i agree with what zach said which is
2: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool
0: fact
3: It's wonderful that he's an icon because he isn't yeah. you know he is very clearly a uh an inclusive loving character and i think that's mm-hmm. great yep. uh i just don't think that it is text i agree th- uh yeah but i really don't think it's text that he has an age so like, <laughs> The real the real the real the, the real hell I'm going to die on is that is that we will never know SpongeBob's true age. He's ageless. It's huh. plausible we'll find out who he's into. Uh- I think
1: that's I think it's funny you say that cuz I feel like similar to a show like the Simpsons, right, where everyone's frozen in amber when it comes to their age, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bart, I guess is supposed to be probably 12, 13 is sort of Bart his vibe. Bart
3: is Bart is 10. Lisa is eight. Is he really? Yeah.
1: yeah. He's seems very advanced for 10
3: he's a fourth grader and Lisa's a second grader. Interesting. I I mean, Lisa, I I would argue is, is just as advanced. I think she's like, you know, you know, solved world peace. She's super smart. So I want to just talk
1: um, briefly. We, we, we discussed that. We're going to talk the two first episodes. Now the two first episodes have technically five shorts within them. The first one was the pilot episode where as Zach has, has mentioned, uh spongebob wakes up and is of age to have a job <laughs> what age that is is anyone's guess really but he decides that today's the right. day maritime
3: law is different so
1: <laughs> it's true these are these are uh
3: <laughs> these are international waters,
1: it's really waters so who knows really um i speaking
3: of like that the wild west worth, out there
1: it's worth noting for a second um i love the kind of hawaiian tiki theme that the show has oh too. yeah he's
2: uh the steven helberg was really big into tiki culture i found that there's like a good like a 99 cent kindle book that i read for uh to do research that i don't have anymore or like i don't i did not reread for the podcast but they definitely talked about the fact that he was into tiki culture which is why spongebob lives in a pineapple and why you have all that cool it's just it's just so it's cheerful yeah. yeah it's
1: great it's it's got a i mean it, it just it gives it a specificity yeah and that i really love um so so Spongebob wakes up, he, as he lives in his pineapple, um, he goes to the, uh, to the Krusty Krab, which is this restaurant, um, and the owner uh, of the restaurant and his, I guess Squidward is his, sort of his employee, we'll say, uh, they consider Spongebob unqualified for the job, they send him on a fool's errand to return with this special mechanical spatula later crowds of ravenous anchovies stopped by the crusty crab to demand <laughs> to be fed and spongebob somehow finds a spatula utilizes it to fulfill the anchovies hunger and is then welcomed as the new fry cook at uh crusty crab uh as we mentioned yeah please
3: do you, do you know what's in a, in a in a crab burger no tell me it's a veggie burger really well, I thought it would be weird if it was a crab burger served by crabs, <laughs> yeah. and it is in fact not, it is a it is in fact a vegetarian burger. It's, it's Hillen, Hillenburg is, is apparently expressly said there is no meat in the in the crab burger, which is which is great because I I uh, I'm a week into being a pescatarian, so um, I'm very. In- I
1: love this. This was. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, but I think, I thought that was really interesting. I, just, I yeah, always, my whole it. life, I always thought crab burger, fried crab, and then Mr. Crab serving his own people. That seems wrong. And, that would
1: have been weird. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, this episode, I thought, which, as, as I mentioned previously, uh, didn't air until the night of the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards. And then subsequently, I think, was on the box set, but I don't know that it ever aired again on Nickelodeon. Same with this 1B episode, which was this silent reef blower episode, which, as Kenny mentioned, kind of like, kind of a throwaway. Not even a thing. It's not even really a thing. But I'll say this. I did respect, they never, it's the only episode to ever feature no spoken dialogue. I kind of respect the fact that they were kind of like, let's do something. It's kind of adventurous. It's kind of bold to do that. But the first real episode of the show, if I'm being honest, the show felt real to me tea in the tree dome the first episode with sandy is when it all started to feel like a real episode of the show would you agree zach
2: i i think i like the the opening pretty well in terms of the is good yeah it's just i was i think i was more in terms of thinking just like how modern like how a pilot would work and how like they yeah. do sort of imagery because like spongebob works at the cryopatty for like the rest of like that's his job um yeah. yeah i don't know i could see i could say like um the yeah uh, uh, uh yeah the the, same, the, <laughs> I mean, the same first one is with,
1: not it's not bad no the same ones, uh, the one full, you know yeah.
2: the one thing i like about the the leaf the reef floor one is i realized watching is that um one of the one of the thing one of my favorite things about the sh- low-key favorite things about the show is that they're all they're underwater and you see the bubbles but the physics of the elder waterness only matters when they want it to matter so like when it's blowing bubbles it's hard to blow bubbles underwater so all of a sudden it's hard to blow bubbles underwater or when you're trying to blow that shell off it's it's hard to blow something off because it's underwater but you can also cook on like make like 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 (laughs) oh use an open grill and like i i that i liked i just like that reminder of how like the logic works. but yeah the same episode is obviously because it feels it's the one that's actually like most focused like on on how spongebob sort of it kind of establishes between that and the the opening kind of establishes how how spongebob how they're going to find conflict with spongebob's endless optimism is that he can like bite off more than he can chew sometimes and that's that's like oh okay now i get this character
1: yeah it i think i mean the first episode is one of those almost feels a little bit like a presentation you know what i mean in the sense of like this is these are these are some of our players here's a little bit of a conflict this is what this show could feel like, and then I just feel like Treehouse is is when they feel fully formed. It's when it starts to feel like they really understand the world. They really start to understand the rules that you're talking about as well, Zach. Like, and then you know, speaking of your sort of bubble stuff, episode. To A, which is the bubble stand episode where SpongeBob decides to build and open a stand blowing oh, oh, bubbles.
2: I got that confused with the reflowing thing. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, the reflowing thing was not even Nothing. a thing. But the yeah, bubbles yeah. is great. The bubbles yeah. episode yeah. Is, is great. Um, it's all the real episodes are fun.
1: <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. I think that the bubble stand is great, it's charging 25 cents per bubble. Um, and then Patrick can't blow a bubble. And then, in fact, Squidward's too good at it that the giant bubble engulfs his entire house and unearths it and sends it up into the air. Um, Only after
3: he follows proper technique. Correct.
1: Yeah. Correct. I love Bob and Patrick chanting Squidward as his house is swallowed by this bubble and just taken it away.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> <such> great. <laughs> um,
0: and then the, the,
1: the last one is 2B, which is called Ripped Pants. And while at the Goo Lagoon, uh, SpongeBob accidentally rips his pants while trying to impress Sandy causing everyone to laugh at him hysterically. So he feels like he's got a bit now. So he, he just really fucking runs into goes the
0: ground.
2: I identified that with that so hard. Like, that was me like, <laughs> ages five to yeah. or, uh, last night. Like, that was just... <laughs> yeah. like, I, just, just I, like, I just love how He's just so good. like the list he shows. We're yes. like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Yep. And I also love like one of the low key one of the low key cool things is they'll do every so often they'll do a musical number on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I just I just always love them. Like this one, this, this one song a, was a
1: banger. Yeah, it was a great
2: yeah, song. it's just it's yeah, such well, a nice like. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like
3: Beach Boy song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, Zach, are you down with Phineas and Ferb?
2: I I don't think I've ever watched Phineas and Ferb. I thought it. You would. I
3: love all right let's right. check it out because yeah. finney's and Ferb does, they do two songs every uh every episode oh wow and they're two they're always really really good <laughs> songs uh that show's amazing but it's yeah, on you,
1: disney plus right i think it
3: is probably yeah. it was a it was a disney show and you'll yeah. you'll see a lot i mean you'll see a lot of influence there because they, that show you know that show's thing is it'll go anywhere it wants to go for any reason i
1: love that you earlier said that it was four seasons and out but uh they did do 129
3: episodes
1: seasons are are so
2: long right they're so long they are four
3: very long seasons in a movie but uh and 129 flawless episodes 222
1: segments it's
2: incredible all
3: right so i was gonna say it's two an episode so it's yeah
1: Yeah. it's incredible yeah
3: so so get get furbin guys
1: i listen (laughs) i'll check it out I uh, one of the lines I did love in the Rip Pants episode is, <laughs> is Spongebob pretends that he's dying.
0: And then he says, <laughs>
1: I need a tailor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love, I love, and everyone's so everyone's so angry over they walk up, and like this is the last person like dude it's like that's like too far man that was really the
3: red pants really was like a really fun episode and that's the kind of thing that you'd expect maybe a show to do season four five six like they're out out the gate with this like you know one this one joke let's see how far we can take it thing and they really found you know different elements different layers and that's that's the only kind of set up a punchline but it was so worth it like that's so, just so, so was, worth he, it his spongebob goes i need i need i need <laughs> I a, a tailor, a tailor. <laughs> i ripped my pants <laughs>
1: there's also a bit there's like a montage bit where he's just like doing it to everyone and there's some like short order cook that just goes like like it's just so everyone's so fucking over it. people get over it people get over it pretty quickly it's really
3: great
1: yeah i I mean I, i it is one of those shows that watching it so i watched a i watched them with my roommate who is uh 10 years younger than me so this was way in her pocket right like this is a show that she definitely watched with her sister she said that her and her sister constantly quote the water would be nice whenever they're at a restaurant together (laughs) (laughs) so like the show left a real impression on obviously a whole generation of uh of, of viewers and i don't know it's it's when kenny and i were talking about all the shows that we knew we needed to cover this was this was on the list and i find that kind of Since neither you or I had ever seen the show,
3: this was a had to cover. This was like this was a this this is this is as almost definitely one of the three most culturally impactful shows that debuted this year, along with West Wing and Sopranos. I just I don't. I, I don't know what else comes close. No, and it, I, they, it, yeah. it may even beat West Wing. So. <laughs> it's,
1: it's amazing because we have uh, we, Brianna Ashby, who is an artist who did a print for us on the, on our favorite characters of uh, film characters of 1999 is doing a print for us right now on TV characters. So Kenny and I sort of compiled a list and SpongeBob on the print. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, And then watching it, I was like, we absolutely made the right decision. Like There was just <laughs> no question that this guy Belongs on the Mount Rushmore of 1999 TV. Yeah, it's just,
3: he's just—he's great. He's just—he is—he's a real. I mean, I don't know. I love him. Who are we? So we didn't do a Mount Rushmore, Phil, and we're yeah. we're far enough into this podcast. I think we yeah. could. We could. So it's it's him and Tony Soprano. I think are the locks. You think <laughs> those are the locks for sure? You I think- mean, <laughs> President President Bartlett
1: gets on that. <laughs> I think President Bartlett probably gets on there. I mean, we. T- you think so- that's a
3: little? You think that's because he's a president?
1: <laughs> by the way maybe he shouldn't be on it because he's a right Quite right. frankly well i i
3: i would yeah. just maybe yes limit it to people who uh who the show actually debuted in 99 because then I, you're no, getting into fair. the carrie Bradshaws. no and the, I, I think
1: that's fair i mean i might put bill from freaks and geeks on there
3: bill stands a chance bill stands i mean
1: i just feel like because in my head i was like i went through the cast of freaks and geeks and i was like he might be the most visually iconic and just the, one of the most iconic characters from the show.
3: Yeah. He he could be on there for sure. he would sure. be the one, but I don't know. I mean, look, That's John tough. Stewart started in 99. I might put That's John Stort on it. That's true. Zach, you have any uh you have any ideas for I, I don't have a
2: sense of I don't have enough of a sense of time. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I don't remember what day. Well, but this in is actually
1: a good a good segue to, to a question I was gonna ask you, Zach, which is yeah. 1999, You said you know we were both uh, in college, university. Did you? Were you watching TV when you um, were in college, or was, did you take a break? Because generationally, for us, access to television was limited. Now, I'm sure fucking every teenager is, or you know college kid is watching shit on their iPad or whatever. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Did, yeah, you- no, no. I know,
2: I'm i trying to think. Um, I definitely, I had a TV. That was one of the things I, I had. I got when I was a kid, and I brought with me to college um nice, nice. i would have, i would have been like i think it would have been my sophomore year mm-hmm. i think yeah. um so i <laughs> the most vivid tv memory i have is from like my freshman year when princess diana died uh which is weird but Damn. like <sighs> yeah that's the sorry i sorry everybody i brought it that's no, okay um, no, it like, okay. down, but it's cool. Most of
3: the is most it, of the stuff
2: I, I, remember, I I don't think it's too soon at this point. <laughs> uh, most of the stuff I most of most of the stuff that I remember watching in 1999 is stuff that I watched there, the movies that I saw. Right, like right. I I remember like seeing um, both Fight Club and American Beauty in theaters back when everyone like loved American Beauty and like just sure. having my mom, and like oh my god cinema and playing yeah. lots of video yeah. games. I yeah. I don't think I was I wasn't into West Wing yet because I don't think I started watching that regularly until later. Um, and Were I don't think I X-Files? watched. Oh well, I mean yes, yeah, actually, oh yeah, like I, I, I was, I started watching X Files when it premiered. Uh, that was like a big thing in my house. Um, so I think I still, I don't think I'd fallen off X Files yet. So I think I still Most tried to watch that. Most people were
1: starting to fall off around then. <laughs> what was, season was that? that season was four, I believe.
2: See, uh, so that's, yeah. that's still that's still the good seasons. Season five is when it starts to drag a little, with especially with the, the mythology is already starting to lose some of its. And they have points. the movie and all that, but. Right
3: I, I I looked real fast, guys, at mm-hmm. the 99 premieres and I'll uh, I'll 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 see your Princess Diana dying and <laughs> and, and raise you. Uh, you almost have to have Stewie Griffin on there.
1: Oh, uh, really?
3: So, well, we don't have to. It's our bat rushmore, so we don't okay. have to do it. OK, but, you know, like Tony Soprano, SpongeBob, they're the locks. I think President sure. Bartlett makes it because the 99 premieres aren't that impressive. Yeah. Uh, I think Bill Haverchuk is the guy that we would put, but I think the world would probably put Stewie. And also, Uh, uh, SVU started in 99, and I think Mariska Hargaday might might find her way on there. It's a good one.
2: Olivia Benson, Um,
3: for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think people really, really love her, and boy, that character's been around for a while.
1: That character has done her time (laughs) (laughs) she has been kidnapped not once not twice but three
3: times quite the police officer she is Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i think but i think as far as that you know i think that's that's kind of where you would uh where 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 it ends in terms of in terms of premieres um, i think you're right kenny and i I think
1: it would be disingenuous to to put a a mid-run character on there because you know yeah. it, it's got to start in 99 i'm Which not you a could family put, guy, look, we guy, could always put
3: jerry yeah. blank on there and,
1: and be cool oh, jerry be blank wrong. is just she's amazing and i imagine that face on mount rushmore beautiful just a right, thing right. A thing to behold love that oh <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I, yeah i mean it's it's it was a weird t- it's it was a weird and interesting time for television and kenny and i've talked a lot about this obviously but you know you had your your, your sopranos your west wing your freaks and geeks all premiere in 99, changed television in all their in all their different ways. And I would argue that this did too. I think that SpongeBob was a show that you know pushed the boundaries of what people expected, obviously unbelievably successful.
3: You know, in contrast with mm-hmm. Family Guy, obviously Family yes. Guy is an incredible success, but the yeah. only person who really, you know, kind of got to taste that success is Seth Barland himself. Correct. I don't think it had almost any uh, tendrils. If you really think about like what came off. Well, yeah. Seth MacFarlane stuff, right? So Seth MacFarlane stuff or something like Ted or this, you know, these things certainly were like very, you know, culturally resonant, mattered, but what shows like it, like Bob's burgers, is not like it, you know, Futurama is not like it. So it's, it's even the adult soon stuff's not really like it. I, I I do think it deserves some amount of credit for uh, its use of cutaways. Which obviously became very important, you know, with the thirty rocks and communities. But, uh, and thirty rock, I think, you know, Tina Fey explicitly said that it was kind of a cartoon esque, you know, style she was employing. Yeah. But Family Guy really didn't. Whereas I think SpongeBob birthed so much of modern animation. We mentioned so many things, uh, but I do think something like Bob's Burgers comes out of this as well, right? I do think,
2: yeah i think you could you could draw a line like i don't know like the uh, like the character like steven from steven universe has a spongebob quality to it big time um yeah. and like uh and finn. yeah finn yeah. from yeah yeah finn
3: from adventure time is yeah very much like that too and well, yeah
2: um, I think
1: like, that- <clears throat> sorry go ahead sorry
2: no i was just gonna i i won't bash on family guy too much because i did like it i do remember watching it a bit back in the day uh, but i think the thing about family guy is that it's kind of an end point in and of itself in the then it it's exclusively. De- it's not really designed to tell stories so much as just deliver right. memes. Jokes, yeah. yeah, and like it's it, like it, it's a sort of it's like almost pre-gated what internet humor would become in some ways. But like it, you can't really extend from that because there's no depth. Like nobody really like you. You kind of like Stewie because the concept is funny and like the sh- like there was something there to that character. But there's not. There's not a lot you can like learn from fam- learn from Family Guy, whereas with SpongeBob, it like it created this idea of like, oh, we can do this incredibly weird, occasionally grotesque stuff, these really goofy, over the top animations, but we can also have it, you know, have good story values and have it actually like with characters that you are encouraged to like, that you're that's, not sort yeah, of totally. punished for liking. Yeah,
3: and that's the you're you're right because the the, and I, I look, I think Family Guy is pretty great in uh, in some iterations. I think it's really funny um, sometimes. Uh, But the genius of family guy doesn't in no way comes from structure or form. I mean, they're doing Meredith Children, they're doing all the family, they're doing The Simpsons, they're doing every sitcom that's ever been. It's these, you know, it's the cutaways, which are often very funny, even though they mean nothing. And these really unique characters in a family setting. Uh, SpongeBob's, you know, a completely different animal. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I, it's a kitchen kitchen sponge. Supposed to be a, a underwater like, sponge.
1: I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about one other significant animated show, which I think had bigger tendrils, which was South Park. I think that you know what what South Park was able to do is what I think. Which you mentioned, Kenny, about how Family Guy is not necessarily felt. It, it's its style, if you will, isn't necessarily felt outside of maybe a Thirty Rock or something like that. Whereas you know, South Park was just so much more sharp, so much more satirical, so much more, you know what I mean, incise in, in and how it was sort of breaking apart ideas. There's, not, there's no ideas to a family guy, really.
3: So, yeah, I mean, South Park's a, a different animal completely. I mean, it's yeah. almost, because South Park's influence isn't, to me, on animation. Yeah. It isn't even really on television. Yeah. It's on culture at large, and like yeah. there are huge negatives that that came out of South Park. You know the whole like, everybody's terrible thing. Yes. You know yes. everyone's equally terrible, yeah. which I think has not been a great thing. But also like you know when they when they train their guns on some really terrible people for the first time they've ever had their gu- ever had guns trained on them, which happened all the time when yeah. you know from Tom Cruise to Kanye West um, yeah. to Steve Jobs. It's thrilling what they were able to accomplish. <laughs>
2: And, and they also, like, Silk Park also got in love with its own narratives at times in ways that was, like, kind of captivating. Like, it could be in a way that, like, like a, something like A Family Guy never did. Like, I, like I, I agree the satire on the show could be very pointed and effective, but it also could just, like, suddenly, like, okay, I know this is nonsense, but I do also care about what happens, which is, oh. like it's pretty impressive yeah. like it's you know I, I have mixed feelings about south park but i was a big fan for i remember like the movie made me laugh so
1: hard i thought i was gonna die did, um,
2: it's an
3: it's a 99 ugh. movie we're oh, crazy you, oh about awesome it. yeah it was
1: yeah i we talked about this on our episode but it's worth repeating and and i think it's also speaks to the elasticity of south park so few television shows transfer well to the feature film format um and they just made one of the greatest movie musicals that's ever been. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. they just, I these, went into-
3: These guys are you just, just spectacular
1: fucking it's geniuses. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable to watch. It really, it's, it is, I remember going to see it in 99 with a friend. I was, I didn't really know the show. I wasn't much of a fan. I swear I don't know if I've ever laughed harder in a movie theater than I did. I
2: swear, yeah, I swear yeah. to God when like uh, the the first the first big movie like Terrence and Phillips song hit, the I I, thing, I was gonna hurt myself. I was like I was <laughs> gonna fall off. The, I was like I could not breathe. I was laughing so much. Yeah. Was it was
3: it, it was the the rare case of oh, of uh, super high expectations exceeded, uh yeah. brilliant brilliantly. So yeah, I do. I think South Park is uh, just you know kind of an incredible thing that we that we have uh, in our culture. I'm
2: just thinking about Uncle Fucker now, but- <laughs> yeah, Uncle <laughs> Fucker, yeah, your fucking face,
1: Uncle Fucker. Yeah. Oh, it's a good time. I mean, I it's, but I it, it I I can't help but think that like. So when does South Park start, Kenny? Yeah, forgive me. It's, it's earlier the,
3: ninety, like ninety six, something like not, that. Okay,
1: something like that, right? So like mid late like, ninety seven, I want to say okay. actually. So you have to imagine that it's having an effect on a SpongeBob. Ninety
3: seven, right?
1: You know what I mean? Like just, I, you, you don't. Th- do you think well, that
3: maybe, like, maybe you know, maybe as a maybe you reactionarily right, right. right, right I and mean, right, look right. they're made by the same company ultimately right? right they're both that's paramount right. products they're both on yep. paramount uh networks or Viacom networks yep. at the time um and i yeah it, they're they're to me i mean and i'm not i'm sure you're not saying this at all they're they're nothing alike no um in any way shape or form but yeah there might have been i mean a, yeah,
1: they're irreverent they're both irreverent but that's kind yeah
3: of- I, but i do think that the, you know and i'm sure that you know um uh, steve hildenbrand hildenbrand or sorry, Hillenburg respects uh, South Park. There's no sure, question. He, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There's no question in my mind he does. Yeah. But yeah, I, it, it the way South Park was met in the culture at the time was this is the plague, right? This, this is like you thought Bart Simpson was bad. Bart Simpson is now you know, fucking Dennis the Menace compared to this guy like Cartman, like. Get him off our screens. So, the only thing that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way about the SpongeBob reception was how warmly it was received. Like, any piece of animation, any piece of uh, you know, animation that struck me as somewhat transgressive that was received so warmly by the mainstream media made me look at it sideways. And that's really what it came down to for me was at the time, I was like, Wait, you grown ups like this? Then, like, no, (laughs) not not interested. Sorry, do.
1: And I just, I think it's worth noting just for a quick second, just in terms of Spongebob from a narrative perspective, right? Like in terms of what the show is quote unquote about, doesn't have an engine in the same way that four boys from colorado going to school doing their you know various hijinks and what have you not to not to be reductive about south park but you understand what i'm saying right and then family guy has is a family show right and the simpsons is a family show spongebob to think of doing all these episodes that are kind of just it's a weird kind of you know gaggle of Underwater creatures, like it's 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 a it's a miracle show, is what I'm kind what
3: of. What would you say SpongeBob's about? Like it's about a, a young guy who goes to. You don't work. know his age though. Young, I would say he's young. Young, young. Uh, young a young guy <laughs> who uh, who 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 goes to work. Goes to work. Pretty pretty good at his job. Hangs yeah. out with his friends. Yeah. Tries to you know yeah. maintain his sense of self while also not ruffling feathers. Is there anything like that? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Kind of Rocco's modern life.
2: Kind of. It's kind of of like, it's a younger version of that. It's like less about like your concerns of being in your thirties, but yeah, no, it's like, it's like almost that idea of just, we're just going to hang out and see like this guy just trying to deal with existing in a way, like life coming up against SpongeBob's constant optimism and seeing how that works out, I guess. Oh, you know,
3: it's, it's interesting because, uh, what I what I described or the way I described it feels like it's something that I've seen in features, particularly. Uh, the I thought that SpongeBob, based on the the first episode, um, the one where he gets the job at uh, the Krabby Patty, uh, Krusty Krabby, I Krusty Crab was more of a Robin Williams type. He's uh-huh. not. Uh huh. Now I think it might be a little more of a Jim Carrey type. But there is a little bit of that Jim Carrey-esque thing in him, not so much like Cable Guy Jim Carrey, almost more like Truman, you know, where he's Walter
1: Mitty-like in a weird way, like almost kind
3: of got this like he's an
1: everyman, and yet he's also got sort of these like wild adventures that happen.
3: I well, got some yeah I see that it just in terms, in terms of like the characterization it seems like maybe like a Steve Carellish character yeah yeah like uh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know like a 40 year old version type thing like he's just <laughs> trying to like you know go to work have some friends be himself you know be you know not I ruffle mean, feathers he has small dreams small goals sure. uh he gets yeah, up
1: he, gets through the day
3: goes, to comes sleep. up with some little fun thing to do up- like charge for bu- bubbles and- right
1: I, it's. It is. I ask you this, Kenny, as someone who we have both been in writers' rooms, right? And we we both struggled from time to time of just like, what the fuck is the next episode going to be? Sure. They made two hundred and seventy six episodes about a SpongeBob young man with with no SpongeBob. bearing walls, with no like guardrails of or, or procedural component to the show whatsoever. I mean, that is pretty unreal. Not something I could do. i mean i just i'm with us talking about south park talking about family guy i just couldn't help but be like those shows have engines you know what i mean for all intents and purposes you can always fall back on an engine right where it's like this is the episode where whatever whereas this is just like i just can't imagine being that freewheeling it's got to be terrifying but i mean it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 amazing stuff do you so zach in terms of of animated shows as we wrap up here, do you have favorite animated shows? Oh yeah. Um, do you think SpongeBob is up there for you? Um, I don't know if I would say it's a favorite just because I feel like I
2: have to have watched a lot of it. Watched it for work. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched it. Like it's one of those things where I like watching it, but I also don't like seek it out. I, I right. want something like, I think I would probably say my favorite animated shows are probably like the Simpsons and venture brothers. And um, I really love Futurama and uh uh,
1: ninety nine premiere
2: yeah uh, yeah it, it took a little while but that was that's a good show um i'm sorry i just completely blanked on like any other animated no, show no, no, i know no. there are other ones that i enjoy but
1: um i love adventure time adventure time's up there but yeah i mean there's there's obviously there's your modern animated shows obviously you've got your your rick and morty's you've got your oh yeah um, i like rick and what's morty the, yeah what's the, yeah, what's the yeah, what's horse the, guy what's his name bojack oh bojack. Horseman? that's bojack good
3: and, yeah. bojack and rick and morty are amazing um i think we're morty's amazing i think yes. bojack's yes. fucking amazing i think they're amazing shows yeah um for me you know it's yeah. like dude the, like the ones that got me through like you know the 2000s or like harvey Birdman, which i think was like transcendent Frista that is a Bingham show that life.
1: i associate so strongly with you because like i when think we first started hanging out as friends you were like you have to watch harvey, harvey Birdman, like attorney
3: at law uh <laughs> is everything i want to do in television it's just, it's just, <laughs> there is just something so perfect about the world building and yeah. it's it's kind of loose uh, it's kind of loose hold on its own really weird history as this like throwaway character in the Hanna Barbera universe the the legal stuff is so silly but so grounded i sure. i just it's it's not in any way a superhero show despite starring a superhero it's amazing um but harvey man, frisky dingo dingo is very much a superhero and so many things stole that preface after it like it's fucking despicable me is frisky dingo yeah so i think i mean speaking uh, of frisky dingo
1: i feel like you have to bring up archer as well in the oh yeah amazing show um modern animated shows i mean it's it is it's so interesting to me how archer was one of those things that like you know obviously an fx show um that they, I don't know. I mean, I was I was literally on Joel, my agent's desk as an assistant when that show was kind of coming together. And I just remember sort of it being a bit of a flyer and FX not really knowing what it was going to do. And then it becomes this huge success and they never really capitalize on it. Like, I feel like they've yet. Well, to make you know, show you know
3: why? Because because the
1: because of the creators of Archer. <laughs> In terms creator, of your Animation House, no, uh, the
3: creators because the creators of Archer's next attempt was the show I sold to them with the creators of Archer. And <laughs> so they went up. They went for morons like me yeah. instead of actually good people.
1: Well, I mean, oh, certainly not, I certainly
2: my show would
3: have been great. My show would have <laughs> been great. Zach, you want to hear about it?
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Tell me about your show. Tell me about, called, you about
3: it. It's called uh, it's called Murphy's Law, okay. and it's about. I'm not I kidding. Remember. I this it sounds was. like a joke. I, I know just, it sounds crazy. like a joke pitch, but it's a real pitch. It's about a lawyer who's never won a case. <laughs> <laughs> and never will win a case. Through something always goes wrong for her, Murphy's law. And there's this great. Uh, well, I don't even know if it's great. There's this show starring George Siegel in like the mid eighties called Murphy's law. Uh, and I wanted to, if you go to YouTube, you can watch the, the, um, You can watch the credits from it. And I wanted to take that theme because it was so (laughs) terrible. But it was everything I wanted to do with the show is make this like, this like, wait, wait, you really made a show called Murphy's Law about a lawyer for whom everything goes wrong? Like, just one of those like horrible, like 80s, 90s premises. Uh, But, um, but I wrote it like a TV. I wrote it like an old TV show. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing really animated, uh, nothing that has to be animated about it. And I think that, that might've been where they went wrong. Like Archer works really, really well. It's really, really funny, but only the only reason it has to be animated in my opinion is because otherwise it would cost, you know, tens yeah. of millions of dollars every episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, and mine was a similar thing, but with, you know, it was you know it was like what if the what if the lawyers it was basically like what if the lawyers from the practice were trying the cases for the wire um <laughs> sure um, sure what i if mean, what it's, if it's, like really handsome and beautiful lawyers were trying the cases it's,
1: the it's wire. interesting to think about like had fx bought a bojack for instance and had that be the show to pair with archer for instance like I think it just would have opened up so many worlds for them, but instead they just seem to kind of just kind of making archers.
3: Talk appear. about a talk about a flyer, you know? Like Bojack was like no one had any expectations for that show. Yeah, but I yeah. mean,
1: again, like just one of those. I mean, it's it, it is it's interesting to think about the landscape of, of animated uh, television right now in terms of. I mean, look at look at a look at a Harley Quinn for instance on HBO Max, right? Which is oh, a, talk about a great show. show and and that's you know that's kind of crawling inside all of your preconceived notions of dc characters and all the stuff you can yeah. do with that like I, I i i don't mean to suggest that spongebob you know obviously paved the way for all these shows because they're also drastically different but i do think that 99 was a little bit of a tip of the spear in terms of kind of breaking things open even more mm-hmm. um and i think that spongebob was was pretty uh pretty you know vital in that but
2: yeah, I think if you had if you had to kind of like one of the things that I really appreciated about uh, Futurama, because yeah. um, like the the twi- one of the, the great things about Futurama, and I, I swear to God, I will connect this all at some point. We'll get there. You, yeah. you, you have faith you, in me. You do not have to. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm just gonna free ball for a little while. Um, the, thing, <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about Futurama is that it's a very funny show, and then at certain points you start to like they they realize that oh we can also just just fucking end you we can like destroy your heart if we want to because you don't see it coming and like this like spongebob doesn't ever quite have that level of emotional like pain right. that i've seen but yeah. it can be it like it can be very sincere and sweet in ways that you don't that be, the surrealness doesn't really undercut and i think that's that realization that you can do shows like 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 bojack went like double down on that bojack oh just, my god every seat we're just gonna we're just gonna see how much how much more we can like just hurt you yeah. but like like uh yeah. and,
3: even, Rick and morty like, our, does it too
2: and like like yeah and rick and morty's great at it and arch even archer which is much more on the spectrum of being like very funny and and like caustic towards his characters still has its moments of like realizing oh we can still like these people and i think one of the that and i don't like i wouldn't say that the spongebob was a direct influence but i will say it was a part of a realization that we can do these more weirder and like surreal and like like trippy stuff we can also make you you can also you can like the characters which for a while didn't seem to be a thing that was going to happen
3: yeah, you no, know, the, sure. I, and obviously Simpsons, Godfather of it all. And, oh, yeah. There's uh, yeah. Yep. No, yeah. all the good of the world, but The Simpsons never ended on a down note. Never, period, ever. And I think True. there was an episode of South Park, and Zach, I wonder if you've seen it. I think it was called You're, You're Getting Old. Oh, that, I heard about
2: it. I don't think I saw that one, but I
3: heard oh, it. Oh. just ends with a very serious, melancholy uh, montage of Stan with fucking landslide playing in the background oh, Were you were you start, where you really do feel like like wow uh wh- like like i'm in my 30s and i'm watching south park <laughs> and like this is like like what is happening to all of us and it's really like it's devastating the, the episode in, in a weird way um but yeah they, they can do it too but I, I I also think it's
1: worth noting too. I didn't know so Adult Swim starts in two thousand and one. That's when that network um, gets up and running. And it's a, it's a, an offshoot of Cartoon Network, correct?
3: Mm-hmm. I believe it's not um, an offshoot. It's the it's yeah, sure, but it's the it's it's just the same channel. Yeah, it was late night on, on Cartoon oh, Network.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But
3: they so had part- a different set they have a different set of execs. I believe they were considered a different network, but uh it and is when does ju- Cartoon like-
1: Network start?
3: Oh, in the 90s, early 90s. Okay, so
1: I I, I guess this is, yeah, I mean, and it all feels kind of of a piece, right? Like I can't help but feel like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, like they're all kind of, you know, an organism unto themselves. And I don't just mean because they're all animated, but I do feel like they're all kind of really trying to just take crazy big swings within- I don't know. It's like, I just feel like you had Disney channel stuff for so long. You had all that yeah. stuff for so long. And then this just really You're, blows the doors You,
3: you meant well, yeah, because right, there's the Simpsons of course. And you yeah. mentioned, uh, you mentioned Fritz the Cat Liquid television. Yeah. We're, we're, we didn't mention like Ralph Bakshi, who'd like right. is basically responsible for all this, but he was doing all this stuff with feature films in, in, in movie theaters. And there is
1: like heavy like, metal and shit like that.
3: Heavy metal and uh, yeah. coonskin and all these yeah. things. And um, there is this like kind of direct link, you know, kind of this, this boxy thing and the Simpsons thing meeting with this adult swim thing totally. and this liquid television thing and this, this, how are you know, there, there's this, we can make this cheap programming that, you know, boys 12 to 35 seem to be into. Uh, and I say that's, you know, specifically boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be into and we're going to you know Try a lot of shit and a lot of yeah. it worked A lot of it yeah. really you know Beavis and Butthead Directly out of the school like a lot of it You know really worked and created these you know Massive billion dollar enterprises It's you know
1: I, I It is worth noting you know so Beavis and Butthead Is MTV Daria is MTV as well Correct I believe mm-hmm. again yes. this is, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm from Toronto so uh, Daria
2: is a spin-off yeah. of Beavis and Butthead Is it really yeah Daria started as a character On Beavis and Butthead no idea about that that's great yeah i, I dated like, someone for a while who was really who really liked, i mean i've seen daria and liked it but she was really really into it and
1: i remember i i, I sense a touch of resentment oh
2: no 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 She's I She's <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, no i dated
1: someone yeah <laughs> i
2: i apologize if she ever hears that i apologize like, there's no resentment <laughs> I, there. it, I, it just sounds cool to me it's a awesome. yeah daria's
1: great i i mean i i just i think that again like these were beavis and butthead and daria are also such sort of you know, transgressive character, like just just really sort of pushing at the norms or or at least stereotypes of kids at that time. Um, I, I just think it's all I think it's all really fascinating, and I think it all sort of speaks to just how I would argue, that if you sit people down and ask them about television pre-streaming even, I mean, pre-like, you know, the, the HBO Golden Age or whatever, people just don't think there were that many shows. Like, the, <laughs> the breadth of what was coming out in television, even back then, was really impressive and really interesting. So, Agreed. All the, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Zach.
2: Oh, no, I was, I was just agreeing with you.
1: <laughs> well i mean this was amazing zach we thank you so so much for coming on to talk about spongebob with us to, to talk about the man and his square pants
3: mm-hmm. um and
1: uh we, we hope that you'll come back and talk about something else with us again in the future i'd absolutely yeah. love to thank you so much for having me on it was great
3: just so we don't get killed uh ralph Bocci did heavy traffic not heavy metal
1: no no uh, I, I i i know that he didn't direct heavy metal but heavy metal was of that oh, yes, of yes, oh I, yeah, 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 yes yeah, yes, yeah, yes. I gerald that. gerald, gerald
3: potterton was Harry heavy metal uh, yeah, no no okay. don't
1: come at us on twitter we don't know enough about this stuff so yes you know, but yeah we know
3: well look we know well enough yeah
1: he's coming, coming on Kenny. he's, Kenny, he's Kenny's coming ready. on you can come Yo,
3: no no brandon strewsnik you're coming on yes we're gonna get you
1: Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, this was a blast. Thank you so, so much, Zach. This was awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, Zach. And you th- th-
3: thank you for never uh, burning us down on Twitter. We appreciate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later, guys. Yeah. Planning for your next trip?